titled The Day of Judgment. Last Sunday we looked at watchful prayer and we just finished the uh, the whole Armor of God series and ending with prayer and the need for putting on the whole armor of God in the battle that we face. We're in a battle and it is, uh, we have the armor is available. We all can, can find the protection we need. We all can be victorious. We all can engage in spiritual warfare and do engage in spiritual warfare and we will all face the day of judgment. I'm not sure what comes to your mind when you think of the day of judgment. But there's a verse that says it is appointed unto man once to die and after this a judgment. There's many people that deny uh, the afterlife. There's many people that deny the, the wonderful creation of God, the six day creation. Many people deny that God uh, exists. And really, when you sum it all up, They really don't want to think about the day of judgment. But I hope all of you are fine to think about the day of judgment and it is it is real. We will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and we will all appear before God. And that can be a wonderful thought to a Christian. And we're going to see the two sides of this judgment And it will be a just judgment. Um, In the book of Acts, it says that it is appointed, uh, God hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath chosen. So there's a day appointed and there's a lot of different views on prophecy and I'm not going to go into prophecy and a lot of the different views of how this will unfold, but really, I want to uh, just share uh, from Matthew 25 on the judgment of the nations, sometimes it's called, where all nations are gathered together. Before I start, I want to share a story, a sad story and an exciting story that uh, should grip us all. The sad story is of Tom White, the director of Voice of the Martyrs. Allegations were made to the authorities that Tom had some inappropriate contact and behavior. And rather than face those allegations and all the resulting fallout from his family and his ministry, Tom took his own life. A very sad story such a wonderful work and I appreciate the voice of the martyrs and I I don't know him personally or don't know much about him but it's just a sad story of how he ended his life. The exciting story that I want to share is of Mitch Zazak. I think I'm saying it right. He was uh, referred to as armed and dangerous. Mitch followed the path of sin to the bottom to the worst. And Mitch chose to turn his life over to Jesus. He found a track in a phone booth in the worst part of town, similar to One Stop. And called the Fellowship Track League for help. They sent a pastor to help him find the Lord. And he now has a wonderful story to tell how he found the Lord and his life was changed from armed and dangerous to a... uh, a preacher for the Lord. 
And so these stories are eye-opening truth that it is, uh, yeah, it is important how we start our life and live our life, but it's how we end and how the ending of our life is really important. We are all set on a path and we all choose a path. And yes, God is a God of redemption and no matter where we find ourselves, we can all find the path that leads to eternal life. And we can all find redemption. We can all get on the path that leads to glory. And we can all look forward together for the day of judgment where we will gather around the throne of God and hear the words, Come, faithful servants of the Lord, inherit the kingdoms prepared from the foundation of the world. What wonderful words they will be. And what a wonderful experience that will be. And why wouldn't we give everything we got to be in that crowd on the right hand of the Father where there are pleasures forevermore? So the text I want to use for our sub uh, sermon this morning is Matthew 25. <clears throat> Matthew 25 has three profound teachings. The first one is the uh, parable of the virgins, the ten virgins, where we're called to watch and be ready. For you do not know the hour when the Lord comes. The teaching on watching and being alert. Five were wise and five were foolish. Five took oil with their lamps and five did not. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept and their lamps went out and the bridegroom came. And then at the end of that parable, he says, watch and be alert. Watchful prayer. We studied that last Sunday. The second parable is a parable of the talents and how the Son of Man went into heaven and he's coming back again and he distributed his goods to his servants, five, two, and one. And they went and uh, used their talents. Two of them used their talents and had an increase to show when the Son of Man, the day of reckoning came. And one had a wrong attitude towards God. When he stood before his uh, master on the day of judgment, I believe it's possibly the same time. I'm not sure all of this and I'm not going to get into the prophetic side of this. The master was disappointed. And looked at him in, in anger and said, why did you bury your talent? And he answered back. He said, I knew you to be a hard man. God, that was his view of God. You want to gather in and you want me to sow and you gather in and you want me to scatter the seed and you get the increase. I'm putting it in my own words. And the answer came back to him. And if if you knew that I was a hard man, why didn't you put it in the bank? At least I could get a little interest. Why didn't you use it if you knew that? And we know the story of the unprofitable servant was cast out. And it's, it's very, uh, sobering story. Uh, I preached this sermon years ago, and I usually call on three to carry out, to, to, uh, I usually call on three. Bradley, I think, uh, was a faithful servant, and, uh, Bryson was just a, 
a young boy at Lincoln at that time, and I had no idea. I don't think he had no idea that he'd be sitting here dating my daughter. You were one of the faithful servants. It's, it's a, a story and a truth that is profound. Use your gifts for God's glory so that you can face God on Judgment Day with an increase. Because we're all given gifts to use, spiritual gifts to use for his glory. The third one is the judgment of the nations. And we see this. I'm going to use this text, and that's why I, I like Matthew 25. We have these three pictures. They all point to Judgment Day, and they all have a profound truth. So I'm going to read Matthew 25, verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and he shall... And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on his left. And then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, and in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it unto the least, one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then they, then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungered and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger and ye took me not in, naked and ye clothed me not, sick and in prison and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and or a thirst or stranger naked or sick in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, my one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. The first point is all nations. We see that here, that uh, the judgment of the nations, we have a picture of all nations gathered. The Son of Man is sitting on the throne of his glory, and all the holy angels with him, and then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. He shall begin to separate them. So the first point is all nations before Jesus left and ascended into heaven we know his last words or some of his last words to his disciples which we call the great commission and he said go into all nations go and teach all nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now that was not just for his disciples, but that was for us today. As we read that great commission and that commandment that he left, we all would agree, hopefully, that yes, that is our heartbeat. That is the heartbeat of God, and it is also the heartbeat of his people. All nations need to hear and deserve to hear. Matthew 24, 14, it says the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness to all nations. And then the end comes. And I always read that verse with a bit of. uh, Yes, I am not sure exactly what that all means, if, if that's going to be actually accomplished before Jesus comes. I'm okay with that being a hard verse to understand, but the heartbeat is what I want to talk about. And the heartbeat of all of us, I'm sure we would all say, yes, that is the heartbeat of Jesus Christ, the throne room of heaven. That is the the great commission and the assignment Jesus left for the church. And the church has carried it on. Praise God they did. It began in Jerusalem. It went to Judea, Samaria, and then into all parts of the world. Here in the United States of America, it reached us. Because they went and they they carried it out. And I believe it really was the heartbeat of God and the, the desire of God for the Jewish people to be the ones to do that. It was never God's desire and heart to scatter them all through the world. They were promised. The great land, the holy land, the promised land, they would dwell securely. They were promised that their enemies would never rule over them if they obey God's law and if they follow him. And the Messiah would come through the Jewish nation. And we, we see that that did happen. There was a remnant. God dealt with that nation. And there was a faithful remnant to bring the Messiah into the world. And there was a faithful remnant on the day of Pentecost. All Jewish people gathered together in Jerusalem. And that's where the church began. So the Jewish people did start the work. And then it went into all the world. Now it's primarily Gentiles and we are the ones. But, but the heartbeat is what I'm after. And, and the reason why this is so important because there is one day all nations, it's very clear here that all nations will be gathered together. And Jesus will sit upon the throne of his glory and it will be everyone will be part of that. I don't know what that will all look like and how this great crowd will look. But it will be all nations according to the scriptures. Exciting, really, depending which side you're on. And so for the children of God, we're going to see this will be an exciting time. This will be a great time. So the judgment here is a picture. This text is a picture of judgment day. All nations will be gathered together and come before him. It makes it clear that Jesus is speaking here of the final judgment of the whole world. Now, if you're a pre-tribulation believer, you know, the rapture is 
possibly a different time here. This doesn't really matter, and that's not my... Uh, I would kind of love to go into some of that, but I'm not going to. We're going to just park right here at this great judgment of the nations, whenever this happens, at the end of the thousand years, be, the beginning, or whenever. But the picture here is very clear that the all nations will be gathered together. In Revelation 20, we also have a picture of the great white throne judgment. If we had time, I'd go through there, and I, I would encourage you to look at that. And uh, that's speaks that text speaks more of the judgment of unbelievers. And so Satan was cast in the lake of fire, and all those that were not written, names were not written in the Lamb's book of life, were cast into the lake of fire. So there was a judgment of the great white throne judgment. So I would like to say here, there will be some great surprises. Are you okay with that? It's like some of the heroes will become zeros and some of the zeros will become heroes. You're going to see some great heroes come forth that that God will recognize. I believe they're going to be men and women that were not recognized as much here in this life. They were persecuted for the name of the Lord. They were counted as zeros. They were counted as as trash and looked upon, talked about and mocked and whatever it is. And some have quietly served the Lord and sacrificed much and gave their lives for the cause of the kingdom and the gospel. I believe there's going to be heroes come forth. At Quiz Retreat, the end of it all, there was recognition to the teams that... that uh, came out on the top and there was just a great crowd in that gym and I would we all sat probably a thousand people we sang cling to the bible and I was like getting goosebumps as we sang cling to the bible a thousand people just imagine this group here and some of the goosebumps you're going to get more than goosebumps you're going to just get a little bit of shouting glory and hallelujah and and it's just it's going to be pretty good I was just so amazed and I was just impressed with some of the teams and the, what they put into it. And they were recognized for it. And so here, uh, I believe that, first of all, in the text we have, first of all, the separation. But it, it, it's all nations. The first point is all nations. The second point is Jesus separates all nations. So there's a separation, and Jesus sits upon the throne of his glory. And I don't know how... He can ever do this and make this judgment so precise. And I know it will be a righteous judgment. There will be not one mistake. I rest in that. I know my God. There will not be a mistake in the judgment. I know in, in the quiz retreat, there was the last question. It came down to a, a real tough call. And one of the double uh, A teams, son of, my son-in-law Damien was a coach in that, uh, and, and it was took them a long time to decide. They were whispering, and they didn't know what to do because it, it did mean the, di- the difference between a second and third place, the call. And after a bit, they said what they thought. And one went away crying. It was, it was hard. But I want to say this. When this judgment, this division will be so precise as precise as this walkway down the the middle of our church. I'm not suggesting we have a right and left hand here, but but you, this picture here, it will be precise, and I trust my my Savior, and He's going to do it right. 
And it will be sheep, goat, sheep, goat. If I would be called to do that, ah, <clears throat> I would never want to be in the position of judging whether it's a sheep or a goat. But God will do it right. And this will be a, a dividing line that is permanent. And, and it will be right. It will be just and it will be right. So it's humbling to think about this all happening. And, and that's why I, I tell people you should never say, I cringe when people say they're going to go to hell. And, and I, I'm okay with saying someone will go to hell for their action. If they continue living a drunkenness according to the Bible. It is not my job at all to make this judgment, whether it's a sheep or a goat. And I, I think we need to make judgments according to the Bible. And it does say, do not be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I can, I can use the scriptures to point people to the coming judgment. But it will be the judge will be Jesus Christ sitting upon the throne of his glory. He'll be the judge. And everyone to his own master, he will rise and fall. And so this will be a judgment where, like a shepherd, I like this, uh, the two groups will be sheep and goats. And so we're going to look at the sheep first. A shepherd divides the whole world. I could be wrong on that. There could be other judgments, and, and I'm not sure. But here it, it, it appears that all nations come together and first of all, Jesus puts them right-hand sheep. I love the analogy of sheep. We're the sheep of his pasture. Sheep need to be led. Sheep, sheep need a shepherd. So Jesus is the chief shepherd. And uh, leaders of churches and leaders are under shepherds. And so we are shepherding as well. We're sheep of his pasture. And we're to guide sheep home and encourage people from goats to sheep. And, and that's our calling. But here's where Jesus will divide the whole world into uh, two. There will only be two groups. Only two. Sheep and goats. Sheep and goats. And I like it that the sheep are first. The sheep are God's faithful servants and the goats are the devil's servants. The goats were on the left hand and the sheep were separated <clears throat> and placed on the right. We have the kingdom of heaven described that way also as a net that was cast into the sea and gathered every kind of fish. And when they drew the net to the shore, they gathered the good into the vessels and the bad they cast away. So that's another picture. It says, so shall it be in the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. We also have the picture of the, the tares and the wheat. We have a parable of the tares and the wheat. A good man went out to sow wheat and an enemy came at night and he sowed tares among the wheat. And he was, he was, Burdened as the tares were growing up among the wheat. And he said, I'm going to go out and, and root out the tares. And he said, no, let both grow together until the harvest. Lest when you go out and root out the tares, you take a wheat. All the wheat will be protected. 
And so you see the, the, the there's several teachings on, on the separation. The sheep hear the blessed words. I love this. This is some of the blessed, most rewarding words you will ever hear as children of God. It says, the sheep, he, the king shall say unto them on his right hand. So now they're all separated and the king will say to them, come. And it's the same call that we all hear to salvation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. So we have the, the king, Jesus Christ, calling people to himself today. The gospel is to go into all the world and everyone can be saved. It's the heart of God. The invitation stands before every person. We are the ones to, to cast the net and give the invitation to come unto the Lord, all ye that are labor and heavy laden. But you know, many are not interested today. I gave someone an invitation last night to come. And I try to do that all the time. Just give people the invitation to come to the Lord. Here, he's calling the sheep. And those that have made that decision and those that have said yes to Jesus and those that have opened up their hearts by faith, they're children of God. They're, they're serving God and they're living for God. They're passionate about God. We're not perfect. No, we're not. We're on a journey. Yes. God is working in our hearts. Yes. But we're sheep. And God wants us to have that assurance. And God wants us to know that that's who we are. And this is the words that they will hear come. Ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Wow. This plan was in place before the foundation of the world. Redemption was in place before the foundation of the world. Before sin entered into the world, God had the redemption plan in place. And now, this is the time where the moment comes to experience the glories of heaven forever and ever and ever. Come. The inheritance of the kingdom. So, I believe there's a the kingdom of God is now. And I believe in a kingdom now where the kingdom of God is being built today. But I also believe the inheritance of the kingdom happens right here where there's a future kingdom experience as well. Where all the uh, children of God, the sheep on the right hand, experience uh, this experience, this inheritance. Ephesians talks about the first fruits of the Spirit are like a, a down payment. Ephesians chapter 1, the earnest of the Spirit, which is a down payment. God put a down payment inside of every believer. Yes, you're a child of God. You're, you're one of His. And then it guarantees the inheritance which is to come. This experience right here. So those of us who are walking with God, who have the Spirit of God living within us, that is the deposit, the down payment, if you will. And this is the experience of the inheritance that uh, believers and those in the right hand experience. The sheep 
were, the sheep were recognized by the works. So we're saved by grace through faith, but we're judged by our works. And I believe every true Christian has works to follow. It's not the saving merits of your salvation, but it is the proof of your true evangelical faith. That is a living faith. That is a faith that is alive. It is a faith that is more than theology, but it touches your life. It touches your heart. It touches every area of your life. And so they were recognized by the works and and. Jesus says, all of these acts you did unto me. Jesus identifies himself with the poor and the needy. Jesus identifies with uh, the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and in prison. So Jesus is uh, hungry. When you give out food and you find someone that is hungry, and yesterday... At the spring inspirational meetings, uh, there was a represent, representative from Christian Aid Ministries there, and he was talking about the earthquake in, in Turkey, and, and, and the, he said he went over there, the representative of Christian Aid Ministry went over there for three weeks, he took pictures, went out into the cities, took pictures, and he went back at night, he just looked at the pictures, and he said, can this really be? It's, it's that bad. The city of, in the Bible of Antioch is one of the cities that really got hit. All the buildings that are standing need to come down, almost whole cities, and just utter devastation. And there's many that are there. I just, as I listen to him sharing, I'm like, praise God for Christian Aid Ministries. It's a vehicle for us to just help in in small ways. So is Jesus hungry? Yes, he's hungry. And those that are there engaging in works like this, this is where some of the little things that we do, I believe Jesus is going to say, you did it unto me. I was hungry and you fed me and gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and I was in prison and you came to visit me in prison. Famines, earthquakes, the Bible predicts that they will increase. These are not the end, but the beginning of sorrows, wars and rumors of wars. Jesus, I read that just this week and Jesus said, don't be troubled. These things must come to pass. They're not the end, but they're the beginning of sorrows. These things will increase. Jonathan from Christian Aid Ministries, he said, you know, he said, these really are blessings of God because out of these experiences, people are repenting and coming to the Lord. And he said, it's hard for me to look at these utter devastations as blessings from God, but sometimes it takes a lot for people to repent. That's how hard hearted we are at times and God in his loving kindness is working in ways. So I was just touched again, studying this and, and just how can I help and just little things. We can't all go over to Turkey. We can't be everywhere, but we can just do and continue to do the things that many of you are doing already. Little things.
Little is much when God is in it. And I believe Jesus will recognize every sacrifice and every Bible lesson at Bible Club that you did out of a heart for service for the Lord Jesus Christ every time you showed hospitality. Uh, I know what it's like to feel like a stranger in town. When we moved into town here 12 years ago, trucks showed up and, and John Navarro and Gio right down the alley here were right there to help us carry our furniture in. And we're, we just became friends day one because he was showing hospitality. And we have privileges to do that, show hospitality. Prison, I love to go into prison. I don't have opportunity to do that as much as I did already, but some people are surprised when they hear I love to go into prison, and I can truthfully, honestly say I love going into prison. And the reason is I connect with people. Recently there was someone handcuffed and taken to jail, and someone said, you know, he deserves to rot in jail. I cringed. Yeah, the things he did were bad. They don't understand redemption. They don't understand God's heart. They don't understand to say words like that. That's why we need prison ministries. That's why we need before prison ministries like Bible clubs and helping them. That's why we need after prison ministries. And we have uh, Anthony Rezzo spending time in prison right now. His heart is soft. Neighbor right across the street spending time in prison. It's a time where there's a softening of the heart. And oh, I praise God for everyone that goes into prison and just stands alongside. It was an experience that was so life-changing when I was along with prison crusades. Down South Carolina, we could go right into the, the dorms years ago and talk with them. And just to stand there and listen to people and, and they can tell right away if you're judging them and they can tell your attitude. They can see right through you. It's kind of humbling. They can tell if, how you're thinking towards them. They get looked down upon many times, judgmental ways for what they did. It's so hard for them to accept and take responsibility and come out and rebound and, and change their lives. But if you can just stand alongside and show them that you really care, that's all you have to do. Many times. And then the evening we invite him to the chapel service. And the one night he came into the chapel service, found me and sat down right beside me. Now that is just rewarding. Jesus is in prison. Jesus is hungry. And that's where Jesus will say, come, you when you did all of these things, you did it unto me. Inherit the kingdoms. That's what Christianity is all about. I want to encourage all of you to just continue. Many of you are actively engaged, and I just want to say just keep, keep doing it. Let this be an encouragement. We have many that uh, spend teachers who teach in the school. Just keep teaching and shaping lives for eternity. Many ways that we can be involved in, in this. And this is the, the beautiful part of judgment that, that is uh, what we all want to hear. Come inherit the kingdom.
from the foundation of the world. The goats are second, and the goats are placed on the left, and they are some of the hardest words one could ever hear. Depart from me, ye cursed workers of iniquity. And this is a final separation for the unbelievers and those that rejected God and and had no interest in kingdom building and had no interest in in holiness and had no interest in, in following God. Jesus says to the ones on the left, they're goats. So I like... You know, we're sheep as people of God and goats are are referred to as Satan's servants are described here as goats. And and I like sheep and lambs. I I don't like to uh, call our children kids because I'd rather view them as lambs, not goats. The goats had no interest in in serving God, and there was a separation. The devil and his angels sinned before the creation of the world, and uh, this this judgment that comes to the goats is really to be with Satan. So, what what you uh, the way you live your life here? is where you will spend uh, eternity. If you run with the devil here in this life, you'll live and experience eternity with the devil as well. And the words that they heard, I was hungry and you didn't give me no meat. I didn't. I was thirsty and you didn't give me no drink. I was a stranger and you didn't take me in. And I was naked and you didn't clothe me. And I was in prison and you didn't visit me and minister unto me. And they will answer back, Lord, when did we see thee hungry? They never saw the needs. Their eyes were never opened up. And they never engaged in the the kingdom work that the sheep were involved in. The... The judgment is everlasting. And it says, it's very clear here. I want to end with a little window into what the Bible says about punishment and hell. It's a big subject, but I'm going to just touch on on one area right here. It says that, uh, if you can find the verse... It says that hell was created, okay, in verse 41, then shall they say, shall he say unto you, unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So they were cursed and separated from God forever. And the point that I want to make here is hell was never created for humans. Hell was not created for us. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. The devil is the one 
In Isaiah, it says that he lifted himself up in pride and rebelled against God, and he he uh, took a third of the angels with him. So there's there's a whole host of angels that are following the devil, and hell was created and prepared for the devil and his angels. In Genesis 1 and 2, we have the, the beautiful creation, the paradise that God created for all of us. That's where he wants us and wanted us to experience the, the creation, the paradise that we read about in Genesis 1 and 2. That was God's uh, heart for everyone to live in a heaven. But sin entered into the world. And as a result of sin, we have a state of fallenness and people stand in need of redemption because sin has entered into the world and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we all need redemption. And when God brings redemption to the heart, he brings redemption to uh, all areas of your life. We will receive a new body. We'll receive a new heaven and a new earth. And hell was not created For any one of us. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. And only those who reject God. And follow their own self will and sin. Will come on the side of the devil. We all stand with a choice. And we all can say yes to Jesus Christ. We all can be part of the family of God. And we all can experience the inheritance that God has for us. So. In the last verse, it says that these shall go away into everlasting punishment. Some have uh, questioned whether there's an eternal hell. And this verse here makes it very clear that they'll go away into everlasting punishment. So it'll be everlasting. There's many verses that speak to that as well. The soul will never die. The goats will go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal and forever into the presence of God forever and ever and ever to experience the glories of heaven. Judgment day is coming and we see signs in the world that speak of this more and more. But all of us have a choice today and all of us can make choices every day. And I want to encourage every one of you continue in the work that God has called you to do. Feeding the hungry and kingdom building is really what it all is. Whatever your calling is, continue doing it. Every little sacrifice and every uh, thing that you do in right motives will be rewarded when Jesus comes and sits upon the throne of his glory. There will be many surprises, and I believe people will come forth with uh, those that have had a real strong prayer life and did it secretly, not to be seen of men. I believe they will be rewarded for it. Continue praying. Continue teaching and preaching. Keep on teaching the word. Minister to those around you. Show hospitality. and It's all part of engaging in kingdom building. And this will be a glorious experience for all of those that are on the right hand today. I believe today, when a person 
says yes to Jesus Christ, we're really being called out of the world of sin. We're being called out of a life of uh, sinful living and selfishness and everything else. And we cross a line onto God's side. That's salvation as I understand it. It's a choice that we make that, yes, I want to leave that behind. I do not want to identify with the world and sin and unbelievers and Satan. I, I want to put that behind me and I want to live on God's side. And we call sin, sin. We're able to take the Bible and say, sin is sin. And we can put that life behind us and keep moving on into a sanctified and holy life. And engaging in kingdom work is the best way to keep your life holy, fulfilled as you, as you engage in kingdom work. I believe that's really where fulfillment comes. So I want to encourage you all to keep on serving the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this enlightening text in the Bible, the day of judgment. For many in the world, they're not preparing. For many in the world, they're not ready. For many in the world, they're not holy and on the Lord's side. For us, as the people of God, I pray that you would give us this strong assurance that we are the children of God. We are the sheep of his pasture and that we are living uh, for the Lord. God, I pray that you would strengthen our faith. Be with the week of revivals coming up. I pray for Stanley Musser and each family as we have busy schedules. Give us a, a good week as we prepare. Lord, we love you, and we pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.